We are Wrestling Elitist. I am your co-host today, Chris Scott Moore. Joined as always with Sayonara Sean Nash and Alex Gone Till November Gibson. How's it going, boys? Hey, yeah. Uh, oh, that was Whew. poignant references there. Uh, no glass will be broken in this episode, real or fake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> and no one's travel got fucked with in the making of this episode. I didn't send yeah, a, yeah. I didn't send a car for either of you fuckers. <laughs> oh, you asshole. Yeah. You along with the rest of AEW's roster. Well, okay. Well, if this is your first time listening to the Wrestling Latest Podcast, thank you very much. Please give us a five-star review while you're at it. Subscribe. Uh, and, uh, you know, put comments in there. That helps the show. It gives us some algorithms and uh, gets us some new listeners. Also, if you can, uh, visit us at WrestlingElitist.com. That's where you'll see our latest articles and match reviews. Uh, we do have star ratings for All In, which we're going to talk about shortly. And then we do have a tribute to Terry Funk up there. Uh, as we're all aware, there's been a couple of just tragic deaths in the wrestling business this week. And so we'll be talking about that as well. Um, and then what would a show be? A major, major pay-per-view, an AEW swan song if there wasn't issues with PM- CM Punk. So we'll also be talking <laughs> about that. Um, so I think let's just start with, let's get right to All In. So I thought this was probably their best pay-per-view ever. Um mm-hmm in ring i mean certainly like i think the forbidden door this year was very very great um and i think this ranks up there with all out 2021 and maybe full gear 2021 as like the best pay-per-views they've ever done um it was all killer no filler at least for me so what were your impressions just where it stood out in terms of AEW's history i think for me it was absolutely best overall pay-per-view and a big part of that is the fact that they didn't feel the need to cram in 12 13 matches on the main card they Mm -hmm. they actually did a good job to where when we realized that there was nine i believe on the main card um yeah yeah i was i was like sitting there trying to think of what at least the 10th was i was kind of shocked that there wasn't at least one or two more it it's interesting that they paced it the best and had kind of the best, like most succinct card and the time where we're watching at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So it could have gone on forever, even though, uh, as the boys will tell you, I was still falling asleep uh, around 4.30. Not because yeah. of the content. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, I started early with the mimosas and uh, and it just it didn't didn't do me any good, any favors there. But overall, I think one of their best cards, <clears throat> you know, it was something that nothing dragged on too long. Uh, and it felt, yeah, we've talked about it before, but it was one of those times where you, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to watch a pay-per-view that's, you've been excited about for this long and not get disappointed by it for the longest time as a WWE fan, they would announce these things. You're like, Oh, that's, that's going to be the one that's going to be one that they turn it around on. They're going to deliver exactly what you want. Um, my only real complaint, if I had to make a complaint, is I would have liked a more definitive finish to the main event, but also it feels like that's a continuing story. So it makes sense for the way that it ended. Yeah. The The first like four or five matches just felt like one after another, boom, 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 great matches. The first three could have felt like they could have started the matches and they almost needed to. And it just, it felt like a fun thing. Love that it was at noon, love getting home early and, uh, Felt like a good good show for the 83, 85,000 in Wembley. You said 81 paid, but they think like there's 90 all in. 
people snuck uh, in. Yeah. Wow. But I think the, so yeah, I love the pacing of the show. I think this was their best pace show they've ever done. Um, every match got time. Everyone had the opportunity to steal the show uh, and nothing got shortchanged or there wasn't like, okay, this is the girls match. Let's have it be five minutes. Like they didn't do that. Um, the match quality was super high. I think everything was very, very good. Um, some matches were excellent. Your mileage may vary. I thought the FTR box match was very, very, very great. And if they hadn't had two matches that were superb already, you would think this is the best match they've had together. Um, and the main event I thought was fantastic too. Great storytelling. And I think that's the funny thing is, is like for as much criticism AEW gets and sometimes rightly so about a lack of big picture storytelling, this match was all story. It was more story than match. And it wasn't silly story where it was like Roman Reigns and like stay down or like turn on me with a chair and like the bloodline shit. That's like, Oh, for fuck's sake. I've seen this for so many months already. Like this still felt very fresh. What of the uh, tag team matches surprised you most of either retaining the title or the, the two titles that swapped in the trios and the ROH titles? Uh, I was shocked that cash got the pin. I mean, like just that, like he didn't take it and then he got the pin. Like I was shocked by that. I thought the finish was going to be when Dax realized they were behind him and they were going to do the shatter machine on him. Yeah. And he sold that so perfectly and they added so much drama to it. And I was like, Oh fuck, that's the finish. But it was a good way of like, like that was one of the best fake outs that I've seen in a long time in a tag team match. So that was for fine sure. because like, you'd think like, eh, felonious record. Let's get the strap off him. For sure. <laughs> and make him eat it. Yeah. I was honest. I was honestly surprised at a lot of, I mean, if you go back and listen to last week's episode, um, the only person who got more wrong was Sean. Cause he wasn't there to uh, give his pick. Fucking so, loser. Son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, when it came to the, the tag matches, I, I should have probably seen that, you know, the story for the acclaimed and Billy Gunn would be maybe a Billy Gunn getting the titles. I hate that that, that happened. I, I hate that they're the ones who defeated um, the House of Black. I love the acclaimed. Everybody loves the acclaimed. But I just felt like eh, that that uh, that train or the tube, what do they call it in London? The tube? That tube is over. Tube. I, I'm good on... I'm good on daddy ass and, and all of that. I would have rather see him get super kicked into the sunlight. So I was surprised by that one, but I was also surprised by the pre-show. I didn't think that they were going to have the ROH titles come off of Aussie open. And then yeah. another title change. I, I, I wasn't expecting Soraya to win, which once again, that's looking back. They always let the hometown person win. We, we knew Osprey was going to, I uh, should have assumed that they would with, uh, Soraya, but I also was thinking Sheeta just got her title back. Soraya hasn't been terribly exciting as a wrestler since her return Oof, a year ago no. at this point. And so I, I just, I felt like she was more so getting the hometown pop. Um, oh man, when her family came out, that, that was, uh, that just didn't look great. That it was like, everybody's like, who are these fucking geeks? I just didn't the, enjoy uh, that. Crew of misfits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it always just leave them and leave them like at the barricade. You can go say hi to them, but they don't need to come out with you. Like, like it's a UFC uh, entourage. I didn't, I didn't enjoy that, but um, 
as much as people yeah, let me interrupt real quick as much as people want to have a backstage camera and have a gopro on cm punk i kind of want to see it have a camera on motherfucker in the raiders jersey just to see like when <laughs> he would be like uh where's the charcuterie here or like just like freaking out about like something like just like getting too big for his bridges and it's like oh God. Uh, oh man sure he's a hell of a lad sure he's a geezer yeah, of course but man, boy, that, I bet one of them was a cunt to use some English terms to meet some uh, <laughs> British terminology. <laughs> oh, what um, what was your favorite? Like, how, what were your thoughts, Chris? Especially because you're always more the one that's like the most into the set when we go live. Obviously, we weren't there live, but um, what was your thoughts on the set? I thought it was amazing. I liked that it was different, and that they put a set um, at the fifty yard line. Well, not fifty yard line, it's, uh, whatever. 50 middle meter line or, or, or middle of the pitch mid pitch yeah <laughs> um but i yeah mid- no but that's a good place to have it it was different i like that they had like that um almost like a tube inside where like it looked like yeah. it was a hallway they did a really good job with that the crowd looked i mean obviously amazing and huge um but i like too that like you could see some empty sections and it wasn't like oh we're fucking losers or you saw tarps and they didn't like do the WWE thing where they don't light that entire section subsequently. Like at least they showed everything. Um, so they did a good job of shooting it. And because everything was relatively so full, the camera work on the pans and tilts on the crowd looked amazing too. And it looked like a real sports event. Now granted during the match, they missed shit left and right. And oh. like the missing the fucking spot with uh, Takeshita on a and, couple other moments were like Come, can you guys go to fucking film school but beyond there were that, multiple times a good, a good job well done on the production there were multiple times during the show that you just would be like nice when they would just pan over to the crowd just under your breath just so you just <laughs> naturally do it <laughs> i have a minor in film, uh, so that's why it shows some, up somebody uh there was a somebody on reddit had suggested that they should do a recut of stadium stampede so you can actually see all the spots that happened. Cause that one was real bad, which obviously that comes with the territory with that type of a match, but it felt like, especially early yeah. on, they would cut to something right after it happened. So you would just see like Santana yeah. laying on the floor, but you have no idea. Um, if Don't I can you mean put out Mike one Santana. Oh yeah. Mike, Mike Santana. Uh, if I can put out one complaint about that match, I mean, I have a lot, but if I could focus on one, what the hell? Why did Penta come out as Penta Oscuro, but he was wearing red? That yeah. just made zero sense. They didn't even really. Once again, this might have been a thing with the camera crew. Like they kind of ignored the fact that he just disappeared to the back. That was the right. weirdest fucking thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of played off of when like Matt Hardy became like Broken Heart, Matt, Matt Hardy, and Matt Hardy 2.0. Maybe that was like someone gets reborn, but at least he was, you know, logically drowned in the Jaguars pool. That's in the stadium. Yeah. Let's get some continuity here. Yeah. I don't know. It was goofy like that. And then that whole spot was goof was botched too. With the, 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 oh, with the ladder power bomb. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah. of course our favorite man, the MVP of everything of uh, MVP of managing did a great job on that spot huh <laughs> yeah holding the ladder for him um, so looking at the fact that there's an all-in two i don't know why i've all of a sudden acting like i'm the host here but uh no, it's fine. what are your thoughts on on all in two do you you know 
this is going to be a fucking ice cold take next year. We're going to look back at this and see how, how smart or dumb we are probably dumb. What are your thoughts on them going back again next year? They already announced that all out will once again be the week after. Um, is that even, yeah, it feels like Tony mentioned it in the the post show that a big part of the reason that they didn't run a collision or anything in the days leading up was they wanted the first show to be in Wembley. And that's part of, you know, what got them the goodwill to get to that 81,035 paid. Yeah. How much of a bloodbath is this going to be coming back next year trying to run all in again? So they probably, like, yeah, it was easy for everyone to be like, they're probably not going to sell. They're only going to probably sell 40,000 seats. Mm-hmm. But everyone said that going into it. Um, I think that's more conceivable now for the second round. However, having a stadium show there kind of prevents WWE from having a stadium show there too. Yeah. And yeah, you might not, you might not sell 80,000 tickets, but you might sell 70. And yeah, like, and if you sell 60, 70, that's still good money. Of money. Yeah. And so I think maybe that's the thought process of like, yeah, it might not be as visually as cool, but like, we still make another million dollars more than we would if we were in the O2 arena. Now, my thing would be, I would go to a different stadium. Um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do it in the Tony, in the, in the cons for their other football team. Like but I, would, I would go maybe the, wherever the Olympics were in London, like do it there, um, do it in man cities or United's or whatever the fuck, like, or maybe even do it somewhere in Ireland or wherever the hell. Um, maybe somewhere elsewhere in Europe, but, or I'm sorry, in the UK, but that'd be my only thing. It's like, like I, I get them wanting to do it because they're essentially kind of, you know, pissing on the grass and saying, this is my spot. Nikon, don't go over here. Yeah. I feel like that makes sense. And I do think that one, one thing that you can consider too, is they, they sold 70,000 tickets essentially without a card. We'll say probably the last ten thousand was sold as card. You know, matches were starting to become yeah. at least you could guess yeah. what they were going to be. So next year it'll be interesting to see: do they start building towards bigger or more? You know, those those matches that we were hoping for, the Kenny versus Osprey three, um, which I think I've seen something that Osprey is a um, free agent next year he said he was i don't know if it's true or not yeah Yeah. so you know that could be that could be an option at that point because i'm sure that part of the reason they didn't want to run that match was you know thinking about the fact that somebody's got to lose that third match and you want them to probably be in the same company at that point um and then same thing with you know we didn't get uh danielson we didn't get uh you know, a couple of other people Pac have been injured. Jimmy yeah, Hater. Pac. Yep. And then also maybe it's one, more year. Yeah. it's one more year for Nigel to try <laughs> to get back and, and get a chance to, to wrestle. So there's some things that they could do True. to sell a uh, second one, but it's almost one of those things where like, you kind of want to go out on top. I feel like, but I also get the other, the other side. If you made $10 million from that show, I'm an idiot for thinking that they shouldn't run it again, because even if they make 7 million next time, that's still a pretty good turnout. Yeah, it's um, a good cut. And yeah, and you know, maybe maybe next time CM Punk can 
I don't know, fight with uh, Phoenix or somebody in the back, Ooh. that is. If he'll make it, yeah. All right, so do you want to get to that? was me that? trying to help you segue. Yeah, well, okay, so here we are again. Uh, CM Punk. Uh, Late August a, and CM Punk's in a fight. <laughs> yeah. So I think everyone's read this story or saw postings about it, so we don't have to rehash and relay the information. Here's my quick take on it. I don't know how you don't sever ties with him. If he's willing to completely sandbag this event and hold it either hostage of him not going out or you change the card because he got into a fight and didn't want to perform anymore. Um, All he had to do was say, fuck this shit. I'm going to have my match. And then Tony, we have to deal with this when I come back. That's all you had to do. You didn't have to do like, let's step outside. Like to actually use that verbiage is just like, come on, dude. Like still like like really going to do that. Yeah. So, um, and then just the fact that like, he's so willing to sandbag this pay-per-view overshadow AEW and their biggest night. And then knowing that you have three shows in Chicago and a pay-per-view that, doesn't have anything going for it except like I hope people buy it because you can think he's going to get being a featured marquee match. So with that in mind, I would say like, you know what, if you want to quit, if you want to leave, go. Um, It's a huge business issue, but it's like, it just isn't working. He clearly isn't happy. There's always going to be something with him where he's slighted and gets his feelings hurt and gets boo-boo face about something. And he just sounds like a miserable person. If everything that you hear, I mean, everything you hear is not true, but based on even the stuff that he's leaking out to his source, it's just still seems like, I don't know how you think you're being the virtuous one in this scenario. Um, The whole, the one thing that got me laughing too, was the idea about the travel stuff. Like if everyone's travel, if no one is getting like, they're like picked up from the airport. Yeah, that's annoying. But like, you can't have it both ways of being this like old timer. I'm ready to scrap and step outside and fight Miro and fight jungle boy. But then at the same time, get pissy about like your, you know, limo not being there. And then if you don't like what happens because of your conduct, then you, okay, you have to, you have to talk to my lawyer. Like it's the wrestling business. It's this tough old school thing. But then I also want to have it both ways and have it be this, environment that's so conducive to me after they've already done everything they possibly could to make it more conducive to you is jack perry in the wrong yeah i fucking fire him too because he's uh he should be you're being stupid to go after the golden goose and this is the guy who's the most valuable performer in the company and you're intentionally trying to get him to quit or flip out knowing how emotionally fragile the guy's apparently is so I would suspend him for a very long time or fire him because like you just can't do that. And it's a fucking dumb idea. The whole idea of doing real glass is stupid. It didn't make the match any different. I still think it's a fake sport. I didn't. I wasn't convinced that was real. It didn't make me think he was tougher or more authentic or whatever the hell. Like it just was a dumb thing to do. And it's um, I don't know. It was dumb. So uh See you both. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. here I'll, I'll go out on a few things. First of all, about the glass. Um, it's just an annoying comment because of the fact that 
that was such an inside baseball thing that was like specifically yes. done that was done for two people two groups cm punk to get upset and then all the the you know probably 500,000 people that read dirt sheets you know across like <laughs> that wasn't a, a fan who was just watching that that's a casual fan or or whatever had no idea what that meant and it just created drama that doesn't need to be there and it and it is a I know I joke about you know I hate Jack Perry so they should fire him all of these things but genuinely <laughs> uh genuinely like in this case like he he was knowingly provoking something and could have ruined the show himself too like he would have been just as much to blame it, it, punk is 40 something years old he should be able to go out and wrestle w- without quitting because you know some other wrestler made a one con- snarky comment and everything like that but jack perry knew it exactly what he was doing and he got exactly what he was hoping for when he did that um, yeah. on the other end though i still don't think that anybody did anything as bad throughout this whole thing as punk when he called out hangman first uh right before their or right after their their match uh in at double or nothing when he called him out when that wasn't a part of the promo and then when he did it a couple weeks ago uh at the house was it at a, not a house show uh it was once the show went off air after post match uh, yeah, right yeah. yeah um i think that both of those things are way worse than anything anybody's done to punk that we've heard about or we've seen and then he like he acts like these attacks are like just the most egregious things you could possibly do that's you can't have somebody like that on your team it's you know in leadership in hr you talk about the idea that even if somebody's your best if they're your best performer at the company but they drag down the morale of everybody else they're not worth being there you know if they're if they're truly toxic and poisoning and it's at that point and I know that a couple of weeks ago when Collision came back, I said, you know what, fuck it, I don't care what he's done. I love Collision now. This is perfect. I was, I genuinely didn't think that this was going to happen again. Like, how is it that a year later, the exact same thing is happening? He doesn't learn from his mistakes. He doesn't learn from any, like, he doesn't learn from anything. He thinks he can do whatever he wants. Um, he's alienating even the people that are on Collision with him now. We've seen the stuff about Miro. There's a rumor that he got in a fight with Miro, which I'm pretty sure Miro would Beat his, beat his ass probably but yeah in that I, case. I doubt that one was true but still like he would fucking kill you what are you doing yeah yeah um and so it's just at a certain point you've got to cut ties if the rumors that him and tony have a, a relationship that are on beyond repair i don't even know how like tony has done from from our perspective at least it seems like there's not a whole lot else that he could have done over the last two years really for punk he has given uh, this guy every single chance. He has given him the title. He has, you know, treated him like the star that Punk has always wanted to be treated as, and Punk still isn't happy. And to me, that's just kind of almost the saddest thing of it all. Like this guy, has he ever been happy in his life? I don't know. No. So two things, Sean, and then I'll let you go. So one, I think. Tony needs to be a tougher manager, though. Oh, for sure. They sh- they should have not come back until they had all their shit squared. This whole thing of like, you guys just can't talk. No, you have to mediate. You have yeah. to fucking talk and you have to say like, this shit ends. Shake hands. Yes. Get over it. Grow up. And, and Tony has to say, if you fuck up again, you're fired. Or it's going to be a $100,000 fine. And whatever the hell. I don't know. 
like it, it's still on him for having him come back without with all these issues lingering. It was only going to happen again because he can't control himself. Buck, apparently, if everything, yeah. if from what we kind of are getting from the dirt sheets, if if this if a majority of this is true, uh, he'd be in the fault. Um, the fuck was my other point? I was going to say, um, shit. Okay, I totally lost what I was going to say. So, Sean, let's have mm. you tag in, buddy. <laughs> no, I uh, completely agree with everything you guys have said, yeah. uh, especially just I don't think he can truly be happy. Like there's something that's always within him that just is is going to find a negative and it's always going to outweigh whatever blessings he's been given by the owner of the company. That would be my. Yeah. So that was my thing I was thinking of. And it's purely speculation because he hasn't been able to come out and do a interview where he's getting asked honest questions and he's asking honest, he's answering honestly. Um, so you don't get a lot of perspective or there's things that are obviously are missing that go on in the day to day. However, it seems to me that maybe there is like, he's got like a personality disorder. That's like a legitimate thing or like CTE or something like that, where it's just like he's it, it, to explain some of the volatility. I know that, of course, that's huge speculation, but like that's that's where I think maybe some of this comes from. Just the the, I don't know, just the irrational could be constant. Kinda. I mean, I'm sure like those backstage areas like brew just paranoia in some of these people's heads that it could just be something that they're always on edge, on guard, and you're not going to fix that being yeah, being back there. So that's that's my thing. It's like I was. When he came back, that was one of the things that I was so happy for. And I was like, oh, hopefully his depression's gone. And because, you know, that was something that he struggled with. And he didn't outright say it, but like he he was miserable. And he talked about it in the Cabana podcast where like he was miserable. And like every day he fucking hates his life and the people he works with. And you hope that he'd have some semblance of happiness. But it's like uh, it just shows that like he's not uh, somehow he's not capable of finding that in the, in these types of environments. So it's like the question I was going to ask you guys too, where do you think he goes next? Do you think he just leaves the industry entirely? I hope so. Yeah. I mean, what was it that, uh, there there was a quote when he signed with AEW and there was a executive at WWE that was asked their, their thoughts on it. And he said like something along the lines of he's their problem now, or, you know, good luck to them on dealing with him or something like that which makes me feel that the sentiment is probably probably not bringing him back at this point. But the fact that Endeavor is taking over, he has had a relationship with the UFC. Uh, Maybe there's a chance, but honestly, man, just go away. Like let your last Mm -hmm. match be that match against Joe. Cause at least that was a fucking great match. Yeah, it was excellent. For sure. The Hogan stuff that they did in that was awesome. (laughs) And the idea too, that Hogan was like, still put me over brother like you know he didn't get it it was like totally like oh man i inspired them just like i taught a blinken how to work yeah i'm just... <laughs> 81,035 hulkamaniacs we're going wild i love yeah. that's where it all well, started yeah so i think um i think it's i think it's time for him to go i mean i don't know who knows what we're gonna see and I think the the crowd in Chicago will be interesting because wouldn't yeah. that be uh, something if they turn on him and they're well, like, he's "Fuck you!" We wanted for it. 
Right. Well, yeah, but he's suspended, so he's not going to be there. Um, yeah. But so what if the crowd here? is still they're they're hijacking it, but they're not chanting CM Punk as fuck CM Punk. Yeah, that'd be nice. Like that could happen. Because uh, if I was a Chicagoan, I'd be pissed at him. I wouldn't blame the company anymore. At some yeah. point, I would go. You know what? If half the locker room can't be around you, and they did everything they can to put you in an emotional bubble and it still didn't work out. I'm sure there's things with AEW and Tony's communication that sucks, but still like you can't just be the bigger person and just say, Hey, Luke Perry's boy, chill out. Yeah. <laughs> like you're Luke Perry's son. Shut the fuck up. That's all. It, that's all it would have took. Would have been a great retort. Yeah. But okay. That's, um, that's, that's uh, I was just going to say that's Christian's. You don't, you don't step <laughs> yeah. on Christian's. Uh, don't steal his gimmick. That's his bit. So I saw a good meme today. It was like, it was like, it was doing that. It was like the angle of Christian, like hovering up over the ring. And it was like, someone needs a daddy to solve this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. Okay. So, um, all right. On a downer note, but they were two just huge, uh, shocking news stories this past week uh, after we recorded last week's episode. So uh, Terry Funk passed. And then on, was it Thursday? Bray Wyatt passed uh, from a congenital heart defect that was, or, or a heart murmur that was um, exacerbated by COVID. COVID yeah. Like. COVID related. So um, very, very sad. I mean, I, I wrote on wrestling If you check it out, my little tribute to Terry Funk, Terry Funk is a, hero and such a great wrestler and so um just incredible everything that he gave to the industry and alex you came up with the line of like saying that he's the wrestler's wrestler and he truly was um but he was very old so it wasn't a shock it was just kind of a yeah this day is going to come based on the health that he was in and the fact that he was in an assisted living facility but the bray story i mean that is just completely did not see that one coming at all not it's almost all. a little bit it's almost a little bit eerie just because it it felt I don't know obviously in terms of the cause of death um what what Brody's uh official cause was right but it felt eerily similar to yeah. things with Brody how Brody just all of a sudden was gone and then you heard murmurs of like oh yeah he's sick and he's handling some you know t- handling some stuff and then all of a sudden he's gone um and Bray very similar and they're they're very close obviously and uh, I don't know. Did you see the TMZ report on his cause of death at all? No. So apparently he had gone to the doctor earlier that day and they said, you should still be wearing this um, uh, defibrillator when you go to sleep um, because, you know, your heart's still a little bit weak. Um, and then he went, you know, later that day, went and told his fiance he was going to go take a nap and just never woke up. Um, Jeez. So. Ugh. Uh, it's a, uh, it's very sad. I think they had two or three kids. Yeah. Uh, and his fiance is Josie Offerman, former, uh, ring announcer for the, the ring girl, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, it's a bummer. I, I mean, like, obviously he had such a interesting comeback and I'm so glad that he at least got to experience that in terms of the way the fans reacted to his kind of gorilla return, you know, the way that the, the QR codes showed up and everyone was so excited for it. I know that fans had, you know, opinions on the way that things were going. And a lot of people thought that his WrestleMania match was just cut, but clearly now it was due to this illness. 
um, because there was rumors that it was an illness back then as well. Um, It's very sad. uh, And it's kind of one of the worst parts about being a wrestling fan is you got to deal with this. And I think not to make this about me, but uh, had had a friend that texted me who's not really a wrestling fan, but he, he knew Bray Wyatt. And he just goes, not that much older than us. And I was like, that's that's the real weird thing that yeah. we're now at that point. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're now like when wrestlers are dying young, they're dying at our age, which is very, very odd. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, he uh, he definitely left a legacy. And I will be putting up a, an article this week at some point. I've just I've really been struggling to start it. Um in, in terms of my, my thoughts on, on Bray, I've got a lot of the other structure around it, but I will have something up in the next few days. And uh, Terry Funk as well. I think, like you said, it's it's still sad because he's such a legend, but at least you feel like he got a full life and uh, it was something that you at least more so weren't shocked by the news. Definitely. Favorite moment of uh, Terry Bray Wyatt, which stands out? What stands Ooh. out for you as like your favorite moment with them? Terry Funk and uh, Cactus Jack had a, a it had to be a death match on uh, an ECW show that I don't know for some reason that took me as soon as I heard he passed away it took me back to, but um, Chainsaw Charlie probably getting pushed off the yeah. the, the, the ramp was also yeah. like crazy That's as a child yeah um, and then I saw it the other day I totally forgot there was like a shield and the Wyatt family like tag together against um uh pointed at them yeah like, well, that was, was against was uh, it was against Seamus the League was, of Nations wasn't it against, yes yep that was it um he like gave like a he pinned one of them and then he like put his hand out like a like shooting a gun and then Roman came out of nowhere and speared the other foreigner for this case um it was just a fantastic little shot scene and came out of nowhere so that was probably that. Yeah, I think for me that that was definitely a highlight that I, I vividly remember him just like pointing and and Roman going and spearing him. Um, and then uh, I think too the moment with uh, Daniel Bryan, I can say that name uh, yeah. at uh, the Royal Rumble. That was such a Ooh. great a great moment. Like the the I get goosebumps every time I've watched that with the whole cr- crowd doing the yes chant with. Uh, Daniel Bryan at the time. Um, and then if I could do a third with him, it's just his comeback. I, I, I do think that day that he came back and cut that promo, we got to see, a, we got to see Wyndham pretty much rather than Bray. Um, you could say what you want about the way that the kind of the rest of the story went, but I, I felt like that the day that he returned was great. And it was very cool to see him get the uh, love and adoration that he did get from, from the fans. Um, Funk, the first time I remember watching him is kind of what stands out to me. It was his uh, uh, the three the trios tag match at ECW one night stand against Edge, Lita, and Mick Foley. Uh, oh yeah. So that's just nothing special about the match, really, other than like that's just like the first time I remember Terry Funk. Yeah. Um, what about you? Mine was I. So I had a VHS of Slamberny '94. And it's in Philadelphia and he has a, does a legends match with Tolly Blanchard and he's just trying to pile drive Tolly on every inanimate object possible. And he just <laughs> looked like the definition of insanity. And then 
not it's like not a great Terry Funk moment, but it's just funny to me. So Gordon Soli is like on commentary and he's like a like sorry to ruin the fairy tale illusion, but he was like a just a horrible drunk and he would be drunk on air all the time. And so Terry Funk is like going outside to like the crowd and just the way he said it just made me laugh. He's like, oh, he's going out to high five someone <laughs> just like, <laughs> like as if giving a fan a high five is just the definition of middle aged to crazy. Like I just the way he said it, high five, like, whoa, high five. Look out, um, fans. So fucking weird. Uh, and then, yeah, the Daniel Bryan. Bray Wyatt moment in the cage that was incredible. Just everyone going batshit crazy, and like that's one of the best reactions ever in the history mm-hmm. of wrestling. Yeah, I loved that version of Bray. the The true like the Louisiana cult leader Bray was my favorite iteration. Mine as well. If we're if we're taking sides, mine as well. All righty. Well. Um, Let's just continue the downward spiral that is the show right now in terms of emotional. (laughs) So, Alex, uh, you want to share the news of what is going to be happening kind of to the show for a while? Yes. So as of tonight, this will be the last show taping for a little bit of time. Um, I think we've talked about it a month or two uh, for now. We all have just a lot of things going on in our lives. This isn't a negative thing, I don't think, either. I think as you've seen over the last month, we've kind of changed around on our format and and things like that. We've also looked at changing some other things around, you know, how we present our, our, you know, our thoughts and everything like that. So we've, we hinted at this months ago, but looking at something like becoming more active on Instagram reels, TikTok, and and all of those things, I think to get our voice out there a little bit more and maybe be able to cover things in a little bit more flexible of a way. Uh, Because once again, as this last year has shown, how many times do we have an episode where only two of us can make it or only one of us can actually do the show? So trying to figure out a way that we could continue to do this, uh, still put out content regularly, make it interesting. Um, you know, you don't make it to the top 110 wrestling podcasts without having some good takes, Mm-mm. but how do we, no. how do we cut through that noise a little bit more? And so the other exciting news I think that comes with that is probably a little bit of a rebrand around our logo and uh, some other things as well. So it's, going to probably be you know for now i'm not going to watch any wrestling uh i'm going to take a little bit of time away to just not care about it especially like this punk stuff really like when i started reading this stuff the last few days it it made me actually almost happy that we're taking this break because i just i don't want to talk about it i don't want to deal with it so that if stuff happens though that we like we'll jump on do a quick episode or you know whether it's even just one of us coming up on here for five minutes and, and talking about something putting out a video maybe there will still be some content that can be created the website will still be up and running we'll probably actually put more time into the website right now so that we can um, still and at the end of the day be putting out content but uh, maybe just not in the way that we have for the last two years because we are uh pretty much at the two year anniversary of us deciding to make this podcast. Yeah. This is two years. Yeah, basically, right. Essentially. That was the very drunken all out. Oh. Um, and, and two, just to reiterate, like I'm, I have a eighth month old son. I'm this primary caregiver. I'm looking to find a job. Um, Sean and Alex are both planning weddings. There's just a lot of real life stuff going on where it's just we we don't want to be a show that's on cruise control 
and their pathetic takes or we're not even watching the weekly show anymore because we're just not as interested or we don't have the time. And I think that's also noticeable yeah. um, mm-hmm. with other podcasts when there's no emotional engagement to the product. And I think with, at least for me, I've been so burnt out on wrestling, even though the quality has been like very high this year, but just with mm-hmm. all of the other life stuff with me, it's like, I don't have the ability to get as engaged into it uh, that I otherwise normally would, I think. Yeah. Uh, I recently bought a house and there's been nothing but improvements and repairs to make. So getting on New Japan's G1 Climax, even though it was amazing this year, was the last thing I wanted to do after just a grueling day at work and then going and doing extra things. It just eventually burnout, burnout comes. Yeah. And I'm uh, also joining a roller hockey league. So, no, I've got to, I've got to focus on learning how to skate. Yeah. And then uh, the Lions are going to step on their own deck and not get in the playoffs this year. After they hey, buddy. Hey, hey, no. No, actually, I think they That's... might. So we do have football season coming up, and Sean and I are both addicts of uh, football. So that does NFC North. I do like how we football. have to apologize to the wrestling industry for us, like just taking a little bit of time off. It's like we all have, like, I'm sorry. Don't <laughs> don't hate me. Yeah, hate Swer- I hope Swer- Swerve will still retweet us when we come back. Yeah, what a fucking guy! It's like twice he did that. It was like really cool. Yeah, I think that this has been something that it, it'll it'll we'll come back re-energized and we'll miss it. I I know that. So I'm I'm excited and I'm excited to you know we've talked about we were talking about a rebrand at the end of last December. So to yeah. actually kind of take that time and figure out everything. And, and how we're going to do things moving forward. We've, I think we've learned a lot over the last two years about how to podcast, how to edit, how to do these things. And um, it'll be, it'll be a good chance for us to just figure out exactly how we want to present the show moving forward. Yeah. I'm excited to do that too. And, um, but yeah, we've got, we all have like fucking like real life stuff. Like yeah. it's just, it's, it is one of those things. <laughs> like, just so you know, the people behind it, like it's, that's the real shit. Like I want to finish my novel too. Like I'm only going to have a little bit of time to do that before I get a new job and taking care of the kid. It's impossible sometimes to do that. Yeah. So like, it's just fuck. There's a lot of shit going on. Um, you guys have to figure out your play settings. You have to figure out who's sitting next to whom. I mean, those are important things. Who to, Gosh. who to invite on, you know, the, the missus side that needs to come. Their parents are telling you they need to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's yeah. a certain seat they need to have too. They've got it all figured out for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, that'll do it for the Wrestling Elitist podcast for a moment. We will we will be back before, I mean, at least fucking the end of the year. Um, I would think so at least. And if not, we'll be here for a Wrestle Kingdom. That's for sure. <laughs> but um, hopefully we can get back on. I don't know, maybe between Wrestle Dream, which is the new pay-per-view that was announced, and Full Gear, or maybe Full Gear and Survivor Series, um, at the very least. Or, I'm sorry, at the very latest, that's when we would come back. So, uh, we'll figure shit out. We're going to come up with a new format and get a better show for it. I'm so sorry for sounding weird and, like, we're apologizing to I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to see how difficult it would be for me to put the, uh, the Wiz Khalifa charlie puth song from um yes the fast and the furious uh with the the, the one where the paul walker like, goes away yeah, 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 yeah. yeah 
see you again. I'm going to see how see difficult that is to put at the end of this. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, we have derailed. Um, we have to eat. We got to get the fuck out of here. Rick Rude, give us a rude awakening. Hit the music.